Welcome to another episode of Ask the Zamboni Experts. I'm your host, Doug Peters, and today our guest is Cole Butler, who's Zamboni driver extraordinaire of the Galaxy, as well as the Dallas Stars. Welcome today. Cole, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great today. Well, we thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, your experience at American Airlines Arena, as well as the Fast Ice product. Uh, can you share with our listeners and us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up? Well, I grew up here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, you know, didn't really know much about hockey, um, you know, until really the stars moved down back in 93. My dad grew up in Michigan, so, you know, I knew about the Red Wings and stuff, but nothing really local here. And then the, you know, team moves down and then come to find out that the team has a farm team up in Michigan where my grandparents live at in Kalamazoo. And so got to watch some minor league hockey and then go see, uh, go see the NHL guys and just fell in love with the sport. So, um, you know, I didn't never really play when I was a kid and it's like, all right, well, you know, I'm not going to be a pro. So what's the next best thing to be a Zamboni driver and, you know, get to be a part of the action in any way I can. And, just like the rest of us, we're all rink rats, and that's how we all get started. So, so do you need to be schooled? Are you a Dallas Cowboys fan, or being down there in Texas, are you maybe one of the other teams' fans? No, I'm a I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan for sure. Okay, I am so Dallas Cowboys, win or lose, it doesn't matter. So, do we need to school you on the fact that Dallas would be minus four Super Bowls? in one Stanley Cup if it wasn't for the great state of Minnesota? No, we don't We don't need to talk about that. We, we don't need to go there. We, we don't need to go there for that. You know, we got our five Super Bowls and we got our, you know, Stanley Cup. And I believe this team is, well, it, we're getting close to doing getting another one. That's for sure. So. Well, as a former Minnesotan who suffered through the Drew Pearson push-off <laughs> on Jeff Wright, probably back before you were born, and the, yeah. the Herschel and the Herschel Walker trade that enabled four Super Bowl titles to be won by the Cowboys. I just still hanging on to just a touch of bitterness. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet indeed. Yes. Hey, they just love to come down to Texas and well, I, you know, I can't doubt them for that. No, no, you can't. And as a, having a father who worked for the Minnesota North Stars, who are now the Dallas Stars, it just shows how giving Minnesotans are that they're willing to give four Super Bowl titles and a Stanley Cup title to to the great state of Texas. Hey, we'll take it. That's for sure. There you go. There you go. Can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about your career uh, and how you ended up at American Airlines Arena? Well, the, so I started out, uh, I was playing men's league, beer league hockey at a mall rink here in the Metroplex and um, was just looking to make a little part-time money. And I started tying skates and doing just odds and ends at the rink. And then um, my boss, uh, Tim Kane at the time said, Hey, I think you've got, you know, obviously for what you do, um, you know, full-time I was a building engineer full-time. So I had mechanically engineered kind of background. He said, Hey, you want to learn how to drive? And, so he gave me the keys and, you know, he initially showed me what it meant to be a Zamboni driver and to put the heart into making ice and making the best ice for, you know, whoever. And, 
you know, it didn't matter if it was for the figure skaters or the high school hockey team we had there. I mean, he, he got me going and, you know, showed me what it took. And so he got hired on down at American Airlines Center and he then, you know, took another job and he said, Hey, you know, you've got the passion, like I have the passion and I'm going to put your name out there to be my replacement down at the arena, you know, down at the rink. And, and I went down there and interviewed with Cody and he said, Tim, put in a good word for you. And I think you'd be a good fit down here. And so after that, then I ended up at driving professionally for, uh, for the stars and, you know, because of Tim and like I said, his passion that he had for ice, he, you know, bestowed it on me to carry that same passion. And I carry that same passion to this day. Was then, the rink that you're at, uh, was that the Galleria or was it a different uh, mall? That was, uh, that was Stonebriar Mall in Frisco. It was called the Ice at Stonebriar is where I started at. So, and like I said, I mean, it was your typical mall rink. It was trying to keep the ice as best as you could because, well, the mall didn't want to, you know, they relied on your AC to cool the whole rink, the whole, cool the whole mall instead. So it was, it was a great rink to learn about everything and anything with either ice maintenance or keeping up with the machine. Cause being in a mall, you can't have propane. So we had an electric machine. So keeping up with the operations of batteries and checking the fluid levels on that and greasing the machine. I mean, blade changes, all that. I mean, that's where I learned everything, you know, on how to do it all. And then going down to, you know, American Airlines Center, you know, Cody just, you know, as big of a mentor he was to me and, and still is furthering more my education and ice operations and being a Zamboni driver and, you know, what it takes and, you know, continuing from there. So. Well, we've had the pleasure of having Cody Bateman, who you talked about uh, on a podcast. He's uh, a gentleman who I um, had the opportunity to have a lot of fun experiences with. Uh, One one was was in Columbus, and he's probably talked about that. We got to see Cyndi Lauper live in concerts. And uh, if you haven't heard that story, you need to reach out and ask Cody about that one. Uh, (laughs) But that was that was a good time. Um, what was it like working for Cody all the years that uh, you did um, while well, both of you were at American Airlines prior to him heading up to the Pacific Northwest and now being a member of the Kraken Ice team? It was great. I mean, it, 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 there are memories that I, that I have with him. There's stuff that I've learned that I never even imagined I could learn. The influence he had on my life, whether you know it was on the ice or off the ice, I couldn't put it into enough words. I mean, the, the guy's one of the greatest guys that I know and one of the greatest guys I look up to. And Cody's a great guy. It was one of those coolest things that when it was his last game, um, the guy he was driving with, you know, kind of pulled off early so he could take the last lap up the center of the ice. And that was a hard moment because that was, you know, you're seeing a good friend. You know, I'm glad he got the job that he did. You know, you just – a, a guy, you know, who's been such an influence on your life for such a short time. I mean, you know, you hate to see see a friend like that move because, yeah, you could talk to him, but you're not going to see him like you, you know, like I did. And so, you know, I tell people when you're in the sports world, you know, let alone the hockey world, baseball world, they become your second family. I mean, you, you spend so many nights a year with people that you, you get to know them as your family almost. And you know, working with Cody, like I said, to 
you know, whether it was on or off the ice, just learning everything about ice maintenance or about the machines and how it, you know, how it works even more, especially, you know, because when I got down to the arena, I never dealt with fast ice. And so we had the first version of fast ice system down there. So to learn how that works, I mean, I would pick his brain quite a bit on, well, what does this do? What does that do? And just trying to learn it. So I knew, so I could be a better, you know, better Zam driver in general. It's uh, it's something you talk about uh, when he departed, and I could sense that that was uh, emotional having a friend that you're that tight with that uh, that picks up and, and moves on to another opportunity. I similar. I, I moved from Minnesota 34 plus years ago now, and mm. one of the guys that uh, I ran around as a kid at Met Center, where the North Stars first played, uh, yeah. Dallas Stars now. Um, was Dave Westby. Did you get the opportunity to have any tutelage from Dave or had he already passed before you got to American Airlines Arena? David, David already passed uh, before I got to American Airlines Center. So he, he had already passed before uh, before I got there. Funny story is while Cody was cleaning out stuff from his desk, he actually found a video of Westby. I don't remember. I think it was from when he was up in Minnesota before they moved down here where some player had gotten ejected off the ice or something. And all of a sudden you see Westby take his coat off and he starts fighting this guy. And I mean, it's just the funniest thing ever. I mean, we're just laughing so hard, but from what I, you know, hold, you know, was told about Westby. I mean, just a great guy, very knowledgeable, just as much about ice and a legend. Indeed. Um, I didn't meet the guy, but you know, a legend for sure, you know, in the, in the show. So. He truly was, and he was a gentleman that uh, when – I don't think I'll ever forget the day when I got told that he had passed away. Um, it was like a kick to the gut because it was a connection uh, between right. him and my father. They worked together for many years at the Met, and Dave continued on after my dad left uh, the work with the North Stars. But uh, Dave, just a, a real nice down-to-earth guy. and uh, you know, I've told people um, a lot – that uh, maybe they didn't know about Dave, about how talented of an athlete he was. He had uh, the potential to play Major League Baseball, but unfortunately, when he was younger, he was a, a little bit goofier. And uh, um, when he hit one out of the park at the old Met Stadium where the Twins used to play, he decided yeah. to run run around the bases backwards. And uh, back back in the, that day and age, they didn't <laughs> they, they kind of frowned upon that, and they told him that he wasn't welcome back, but. He, he really was a great guy and one who wanted to share his knowledge. And I know that he meant an awful lot to Cody and uh, many other people whose paths they crossed. And um, the Westby family up in the Twin City area uh, were very talented athletes in their day. Uh, and uh, there's another family um, that uh, was up there, the Alm family, and very talented. And it was strangely coincidental that both the youngest family members both passed away of heart attacks um, oh. with, da with Dave and then uh, the Alm, he died at, uh, actually died at an ice rink. So um, what's a typical game day like for you? Get down there about an hour before game ice. During that time, we're just kind of getting everything set up, put out for the game. And then usually um, I'll go out and I'll drill the holes out for, you know, the, the pegs, uh, um, for the nets for warm-ups and then typically game ice happens and uh after that get everything cleaned up and get ready for game ice have a nice meal together um 
we all sit together. We call it the last supper. We try and sit at the last supper table because, you know, we're all together and just kind of relaxing before, you know, we go back and we start warm ups. And then uh, typically during the game, if, if I'm not um, if I'm not driving, uh, I work one of the uh, goal nets. That's simply my role during the game. And then I also work over at the visitor tunnel, working with the ice girls over there that we have clean the ice. So you'll see me stand in the visitor tunnel with the ice girls. And then um, usually, like I said, if I'm not driving, I'm on one of the gold nets, just, you know, cleaning holes and filling in ruts on the ice. And when I go down there, I'm an open book. I don't care what I do, what, you know, whatever Max needs me to do, that's what, that's what I, that's what I'll do. Whatever he sees that, you know, it's fit for me, you know, and what I need to do, whether I'm driving or working in that, then that's what I do. I mean, we have a superstition down there that if you drive and you win, you keep driving. So right now, I hope Max and I's record of seven games gets broken this year. So I'm looking, I hope that, I hope that comes true because, you know, we, we, we've driven for seven games in a row. So I hope that, I hope that streak comes to an end this year and somebody can surpass that because, We've got a great team this year, so. Well, it's great to see that you're a good fan, and uh, I might root for them, uh, being <laughs> that they have ties ties to Minnesota. But I definitely. Uh, yeah, we got one more. of your good defensemen this year too, so that's even going to be better. Yeah, well, let, let's see about that. He is a customer, and it's uh, it's interesting. His dad placed an order for a machine and his dad played on the 80 Olympic team, which uh, oh, plug that, right. plug that for, for Michael Zamboni. Um, Cause <laughs> I always find a way to bring up the 1980 U S men's gold medal winning hockey team uh, from Lake, from Lake Placid. And he um, sent me a deposit check and I had met him on a few occasions when I was out on the road walking into the rink and he always you know he's always busy doing something he'd look over his shoulder what is it that you want and i said well you know if you just buy a machine i'll probably stop uh knocking on your door as often as i am and uh unfortunately he passed away before he got oh. the new machine and uh his son ryan sent me the check for um the balance when he got the machine and um just it's a piece of history. And now there's three of that team that are gone. Herb Brooks was the first to go and yeah. uh, Suter and then Pavlich uh, passed away this year. That was a tough one um, as well. It's hard when, as I age and I'm getting to dinosaur status, uh, <laughs> where, where some of these people who were part of the greatest sports event in my lifetime uh, are now gone. And it, it's funny, Mike Ramsey played on that team. Yeah. And he was a senior when I was a sophomore. We went to the same high school, and okay. he's the young, youngest of that team, and he's now 61, which I just look and go, how, <laughs> how, how in the, the heck did that happen? Because he was 19 when he was playing in the Olympics. So right. um, pr pretty amazing. Uh, you talked a little bit about being around and dealing with the older machines that were replaced, I think, about two seasons ago now. Yes, it's hard, hard hard for me to keep track of because of the, the vid world. Um, but you talked about the different versions uh, of fast ice that you've had to deal with. And it's one thing I've always told our people is I think Cody probably had a better understanding than most of our people do because he's dealt with uh, fast ice for so long. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what your thoughts are with uh, the fast ice system and what you think the improvements uh, how they the ones that were made 
between the old version and the new one and what you like uh, about the changes that we made to it. I think one of the biggest changes I love is just, this is going to sound dumb, but I just like seeing the computer of it. I like to see what PSI might, you know, the water is being put out, what, what the flow percentage is at and everything like that. I like to be able to just, as I'm driving, kind of see the gauges and everything and what's, you know, what is the output of it so that when I come off the ice, I can ask, you know, my partner who I'm driving with, hey, what did you put out? And we can make sure, you know, hey, if we're apples close to apples to apples and what the output is, um, you know, I just I just think for documenting of of everything, I think it's a way the computer system in general is just a lot better. Um, I mean, but I mean, like everything else, technology changes. You know, it seems like every year something new comes out. And I think that's the way kind of fast ice um is is like you know we got the latest and greatest and to see the changes i mean has been extraordinary just to see the control panel be a lot you know for us fat finger people you know a lot more friendlier that way um and just like i said the whole control mechanism of everything uh to me i just i enjoy because like i said i watch it and you know especially when building ice you know it was it was, you know, always nice to see how many gallons have we put out so far, and this is how many gallons we have to go, and it was kind of like a countdown clock. Um, so I think the biggest improvement, like I said, that I enjoy, it's just seeing the computer screen and just being able to just see it more digital and being able to read uh, everything of what the machine's doing itself. So um, I just find it very, very fascinating. It's interesting. I joke about electronics that they are um, history once they get put into the box that uh, yeah. that, that goes onto the shelf, that they're already outdated. So um, it, it's great to hear that you like the new display, and that's one of the, the changes. What, what do you think about uh, one of the things I've looked at with the system in comparison to the, the V1 is the ease of getting or easier getting the um, – spray bars on and off the machine so that when you have to go to change a blade uh the design that uh our lead engineer julian gardner on that uh, made um how do you find that to be helpful for you when working with the system i think i think in that case i mean it's one of those that if you're if you're having to do it by yourself uh yeah it definitely makes it easier um because you know, if you're by yourself doing something, especially with the fast eye system, you know, you need to be able to make it easy so that you can tell somebody, hey, while you're working tonight, can you change a blade? This is how you disassemble, you know, take off the fast eye system from the machine and the conditioner and, you know, they can do it themselves. And so I think that's one of the biggest pluses is how easy, easier nowadays it is to get your hands in there to disassemble it, you know, compared to reaching in and trying to find the lever to disassemble the old way. So in, in that sense, yes, I think anything that's more friendly user to where one person can take care of the machine, then I think that's, that's the biggest plus you can have. How do you feel that uh, um, this and the level ice system, uh, which you also have on your machines, impact your ability to make the ice that the NHL players expect and demand? I, I think I think it's made it a, a little bit easier because like I said now with with the level ice you know that if you run two machines at the same time 
you know that you're cutting the same. And even if you're, you know, running the machine in hand, you know that you're cutting the same no matter what, because, you know, with not saying the wheel was never a bad design, but, you know, you turn your wheel down to cut more and then you come up. Yes, you could say, hey, I came up two turns, but was that two and a quarter turns? Was that two and three quarters? And then you came down, you know, two turns. So to say you went up or went down two turns, you don't know exactly where that blade was, but with the level ice, you know, if you come up, you know, one, you know, one or two, you know exactly that it's going to go up or it's going to go down the exact same. So you can keep your ice pretty level after you've leveled it during the day to keep it level during the games because you know that both machines, you can dial it in to where they cut, you know, they're cutting the same, same amount and they're cutting pretty even. So um, that's the biggest plus that, you know, like I said, whoever I'm driving with, um, you know, at night when I do drive, you know, that's the first thing we always ask each other is how much water did you put out and how much ice did you cut? Um, and about every time we're pretty, pretty apples to apples on everything. So that's, I think that's the biggest thing is with, with the new technology on the machine, you're, you're able to keep everything at a pretty even flow um, when running the machines. It sounds like you're telling us and our listeners that um, it makes it a lot more easy to be precise with where you are with your cut and your water flow. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah. Yes, it is. Because like I said, I mean, you know, during the day, you know, Max will get the ice level and then, you know, he'll tell us, you know, at night, you know, tell whoever's driving, you know, per se to say, hey, I want you to cut it at this and let's see what that does. But it's not like you're throwing the ice off level. You still know that you're you're cutting, you know, pretty even if you've got two machines out there. But let alone if you've got one machine, you know, that machine's going to cut the exact same all the way around because you're not. It's computer. So whatever you set, whatever you set the blade to cut at, that's what it's going to cut at the whole time. So it's, you know, pretty, pretty accurate, and pretty on pinpoint. So. If you have different ice events in the building, let's say you've got Disney or you maybe have a figure skating event, what part does the fast ice system do to help create the needed ice conditions for different events, whether it be the hockey or figure skating or uh, a skating show? I think the biggest thing what it does is it is it allows you to control the amount of water that you need to put out. Um, I think it, it, it helps you give a more accurate uh, you know, of how much water you're putting out and what you need to put out compared to when you were doing towel floods. Yeah, you could say you put out a, a full tank of water, but you didn't really know kind of, okay, how hot's my water? You know, how hot is the water? How much water am I putting out to build ice? You know, like for Disney on ice and things like that. And the speed. Um, you know, I think the fast ice system, because... When you're using a towel, you're putting direct water on the ice. When you're using the fast ice system, you're spraying water on there at a nice, gradual, even pace. So you can, at that point, you can dictate how much ice you are putting down more to then going out there 10 times, putting a buttload of water, and then going, okay, how much did I just put out? When with the fast ice system, you know what you're putting out and how much you need to build. 
So would it be safe to say that with the fast ice system, you're able to control the amount of water that's being dispersed evenly over the entire surface, where if you're using a towel flood and a standard water valve, that you might lay more water in corners and not as much in a straight where maybe you're going a little bit faster than what you uh, want to do and, and you've got right. more control over it. Yeah, you, you, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I have discovered with the fast ice and, you know, asking, you know, Cody, Max, and, you know, some of the other drivers down there, that same thing, like, I, you know, I feel like, do you have more control over it? You know, just, and, you know, from what I see when other people drive, it's like, yeah, you definitely have more control about your output of water. And as a driver, you can feel more comfortable knowing that, hey, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty even on putting not as much water in the corner and then on the straightaways driving and turning everything on and making it flow. Have you noticed personally any um, difference in changes in the ice quality or the denseness of the ice, uh, meaning how hard it is because it's setting up faster um, by using the fast ice product? You know, because I still work at other rinks around town, you know, and, and one of the machines is still, a, you know, a towel driven uh, machine um, and then using the fast ice system. Yeah, I mean, I notice, you know, I notice a difference uh, because, like I said, with with a towel, you're you're more slamming water on the ice compared to just spraying water on the ice. So, you know, it does make it one easier to set up. And two, I like the fast ice system because I feel like it fills in ruts a lot better, too, um, you know, because that's the main goal is, you know, with ice, you want it hard, you want it fast. So that fast ice system is a great way to have ruts filled in because you're not sloshing water into the rut itself. Yeah, you still have your wash water that's, you know, going to wash the snow out, but then you don't have, you know, the, the towel that's just going to drag water on top. You've got something that's just going to lay a nice, even spray. And so I've, over the years being down there, I've, that's what, you know, I've noticed is that, yeah, it helps lay a nice, even surface out on the ice. How does the fast ice system help when installing your ice sheet? And a follow-up question that's going to be uh, having you talk a little bit about the video that you made. But is it, have you found it to be easier uh, to build your ice surface using the fast ice system over the standard towel flood? Yes, I have. Um, you know, like for instance, this year, you know, uh, when I would come in um, at night and basically just flood and drive in circles, Max is being, you know, hey, we're going to go at a 70% uh, flow rate so that, you know, one, we're not making the ice crack, two, you know, we're not going to destroy paint. And so then you get a nice flow rate. And so the biggest thing I think is, you know, you can just send one guy out there to drive and drive in circles and flood the ice. And like I said, you know, when you get to a certain point in your ice depth then you can go okay now i can bump it up to 100 percent and then put out more water you know speed it up a little bit but yeah i have found that doing it this way i think it's does it take a little bit longer yes but i'd rather have quality over you know how fast we can get it down and have a full sheet of ice so um i like the system that's in place where it's just hey we're going to take our time and we're going to flood every night and having the fast ice system i think you know, makes that very easy because like I said, I can come in and I can leave a note, you know, and say, Hey, this is how many gallons of water I put out. And then 
you know, whoever's coming in can figure out and go, okay, we need to put this many more gallons of water down and, or, Hey, what is our ice? What is our ice temps at right now? Let's figure out how much water we can put out right now. So, you know, I usually leave all that kind of stuff to, to Max. And then he just tells me, you know, Hey, go out there and let's do this and, and then make it work. And Hey, we got a great looking sheet this year. So. It, it sounds like it gives you the ability as well as some of the operators, because everybody's going to be different uh, to right. be more consistent with the, the product that you're putting out there for your, your players. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But we all have the same goal. You know, we want to make great ice for, you know, a great team and that's what we strive for. We strive to be the best and we want to be the best. And so when you've got great equipment, you can be that way. So great. Now let's touch a little bit about the video because that's uh, part of why we're talking today. Can you uh, fill us in and the listeners about the video that you made and how it's gone viral? So the, the video I um, originally shot was I was at the arena one night and I was flooding and to get, you know, my friends, my close friends that I have um, excited about hockey. Um, I just turned, uh, was driving and took a shot, you know, took a video to show the new center ice logo uh, to them that the stars had already posted, but driving, you can get a real close up of that center ice logo. And so I took that and shot it from behind and, um, and sent it to my friends. But then, you know, I was part of one of the uh, ice rink facility groups uh, where I, you know, I, you know, it's just a bunch of operators from all over, you know, the U S world that are Sam drivers, just like me and said, Hey, the ice is ready at American Airlines center. And, um, everybody, you know, saw it and was like, Oh, is it the fast ice system? And I said, yes. And, and it just, it went off, went off from there. So, you know, like I said, I'm enthused about hockey season. And so I wanted to get other people excited about hockey's back and we've got ice and we're ready to go. So. You mentioned that you shared it with the mascot for the, the Dallas Stars and that it kind of grew some legs from that. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about that process and uh, how it expanded into other forms of social media? Yeah, so um, I sent that to um, our mascot and he asked me, he said, hey, do you mind if I put that on my Twitter account? And I said, absolutely. All right. I, that's fine. You know, I just... Like I said, I want people to get excited about hockey and, you know, the stars. And he put it on his account as uh, Victory Green and um, put put a song to it and edited it and put and made a great little video out of it. And NHL picked up on on his uh, on his video that he did, put music to it and they put it on their TikTok account. So I thought it was just kind of cool because it was like my video just went on TikTok and I don't even have TikTok, so you know it was. Kind of, he sent it to me, and I thought it was kind of cool. So, well, don't feel bad. I don't have a TikTok account either, and the only reason I kind of know about it is I have a granddaughter who has a TikTok account, and she's <laughs> constantly posting dance videos, and I don't even get the concept of what TikTok's all about. So, yeah, I don't you know. either. All it means is that I'm old. I know you're not quite old enough to, to reach to that, to the level that I am in age, but it's just <laughs> something that it's fascinating how some things that are seemingly so simple and, you know, what you start out to do with it turns into something much 
bigger and how fast that can snowball. Right. We've got a uh, podcast that we did with uh, a gentleman by the name of David Clutho, who's a famed uh, photographer, so that we can maybe dig into the depths that he goes. What kind of equipment did you use to film your now famous TikTok, Twitter, Facebook uh, video that you did for the Dallas Stars ice install? I used my iPhone is what I used. I turn it on video and that's what what I did is I used my iPhone to, to shoot that. So. Well, maybe we can get Apple to kick you down some um, coin for uh, producing and creating this video on your Apple iPhone. Hey, if they want to give me a personal laptop, that'd be great. (laughs) Well, I'd say I'd reach out to somebody up there, but other than just being a (laughs) general shareholder, I don't have any pull for that. But maybe (laughs) if they see see it enough, I mean, Theo Fleury, or was it uh, the Mark? No, Mark Andre Fleury. And I. Was it Mark Stone maybe from the Vegas Knights uh, got to do a yeah. iPhone 10 yeah, video that, that uh, was spinning around? Yep. They got yeah, to do that so, iPhone commercial. So. I'm going to guess they didn't do that for free. I'm going to guess they got some kind of remuneration. I bet they got something for it, yes. yes. There you go. Would not be go. surprised. So Cody has gone pretty deep into the science of ice making, and we spent uh, some time with him talking about that. Uh, on a podcast with him earlier. Do you have similar experiences that you can share in regards to your aspect of the job, or is that something that you just are not uh, delving into as deeply as he did? No, I I definitely wanted to dive in deeply with it. And, you know, that's why I was, you know, I'd say, hey, you know, every year, hey, let me know when you want me to come in and, you know, help out. You know, I'm willing to work and you know, do whatever, you know, just so I can see the whole process and learn the whole process. And so within the past couple of seasons and including this season with Max, you know, I was able to do it from start to finish pretty much with going out there, sealing the floor, putting the white paint down, sealing the white paint, flooding the white paint, coming in, helping to do logos, seal in logos, flood logos, and then build ice on top of that. And so, you know, as I'm doing this stuff, you know, I'm asking Cody over the years, well, you know, what do you set your temps at this? Why do you do this? You know, what, what do you think about this? And, and we've changed the process a couple of years just because you learn from experience about different things. And I mean, it was the same way with Max, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is when you have people who are very well educated in this, in this business, you know, I want to ask Max how he wants to do things and, you know, maybe get a different get a different perspective on ice building and, you know, how he, what he thinks works best and, you know, take it from there and just learn different ways and, you know, pick these guys brains about, well, you've done it this way. Well, why did you do it this way? And so getting feedback from Cody and Max on how they do ice building, it's just been great. Um, Cause it's, it's a science, but it's also an art. You can't just go out there and say, Hey, it's, you know, I'm just going to put some water out there and then be good to go. I mean, it's, it is definitely a science and it's still a science that, you know, there's a lot of things I still need to learn, but I love to learn them and, you know, just keep, keep going that way. But it, 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 but it's a fascinating process. And, you know, I have people ask me, well, how does the ice get installed? And so when people do that, you know, because I have a heart for, you know, because I love doing what I'm doing, 
you know, as a, as a, you know, ice technician and Zamboni driver, I just love spilling that passion to other people to maybe, you know, one day they'll want to keep being a rink rat and go be a Zam driver as well. So, you know, you know, I, I just, I, I just like talking about it with people because it's a passion of mine and, you know, that's, you know, and then, like I said, I mean, that passion has been bestowed upon me for a lot of years now. So it's something that I tell young folks when they're getting into uh, deciding what it is that they want to do for a living. I go, you want to be, choose something that you can be passionate about um, because you're going to spend a lot of time doing it. You might as well enjoy it. And it's, it's very heartwarming to see somebody who has a desire to be the best at the craft that they're doing. And I call it a craft. It's an art. And the canvas that you're working with um, is that ice surface. And there are drivers and there are ice makers. And I would put you in the classification of being an ice maker because it's not just driving a machine in circles. No. It's, no. it's going out there and understanding what you need to do, making uh, the adjustments uh, from day to day. And you could have a situation down there where a monsoon comes in and all of a sudden your ice surface is going to change because of the outside weather and how it's impacting your building. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, you, you I mean, we've all seen that before. I mean, down here in Texas, I mean, we get humidity and don't think humidity doesn't affect the building. And you know, when you got humidity outside, it's going to, it's going to affect your AC system as well. Cause you're going to have to, you know, you got to adjust the way you're putting out cold air, but then also with the ice too, to make sure that, you know, you adjust the plant to, to what you need so that, you know, you still have good, hard, fast ice. So, and, and that's the thing about, you know, the crew that we have down there is we all have a passion for it. So we all want it to be the best and we all want to do the best. And we want to make sure that, you know, years before when it was Cody in charge and now when it's, you know, Max is in charge, you know, we want them to look good because, you know, we want to put out a good sheet so that they look good. And, you know, that's that's our ultimate goal is to make sure that we put a good sheet out for the team and put out a good sheet. And I call it a successful night. Let alone to get a nice hockey win is always a plus. There you go. Um, other than I'm sure you wanting to meet all the members of the 1980 U.S. gold medal winning hockey team that are still with us. Um, who's be your biggest sports hero and have you met them? And if not, who would you most like to meet? Oh, man. Biggest sports hero. Man, there's there's quite a few. I mean, you know, going from those legendary, you know, back-to-back Cowboy Super Bowls, you know, with Troy Aikman and the playmaker and Emmett, uh, you know, I, the one thing I do wish, I wish I had gotten a chance to meet like Neil Broughton, you know, because him being a North Star, him coming down here playing, um, you know, would, would be, you know, a dream of mine to, to meet him. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, one thing I will say that's kind of cool about, you know, there are a lot of players now from the Stars organization that, you know, I watched when they they were in their careers and now I'm either coaching hockey next to them or, you know, I'm working next to them. And, and it's just kind of cool to, to be, 
fascinated with, man, I was idolizing, you know, when you were playing and now here I am, we're, you know, just having a friendly conversation off the ice and having a good chat. So, um, there's a lot of sports heroes I'd love to meet. Um, you know, obviously the great one, uh, growing up, you know, I was a big Steve Eiserman fan, you know, when you knew 19 was on the ice, I mean, it was, you know, good things were going to happen. Um, so, um, I mean, I would say growing up, probably one of my biggest fan, you know, I was a big fan of was Darian Hatcher. I just loved that He was a hard hitter defenseman, didn't put up with anything. And I got to meet him numerous times and had his jerseys as a kid. And, um, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, like biggest sports here. I don't know. I mean, there's so many, um, you know, like I said, from football to hockey, I mean, you know, right now, I mean, like, you know, when you play golf, I'd love to play golf with Jordan Speed because, you know, Jordan's a local, local guy and you know, I love watching him every weekend. So, you, you know, it's just one of those things. And I, you know, I would say with hockey, I didn't really start playing hockey till I kind of was after high school and I just started playing, you know, men's league. And, you know, at that time, Brendan Morrow was playing and, I liked his style of hockey with just being gritty in front of the net and grinding it out. And so that's why I started wearing number 10 when I started playing, you know, adult hockey. I was like, I was a big Brendan Morrow fan. Um, I just liked his style of play and he was a great guy off the ice and on the ice. And so I just kind of years ago, years ago, I got to meet uh, him at a restaurant. I was at a board board dinner for the ISI and there was three or four of the stars that came in and, I didn't recognize him, obviously, um, not not being a, a Dallas Stars fan, but uh, was able to be introduced to him. And um, my one of the guys that you might have got to see at the tail end of his career, I got to actually see at the very onset of his career. And he was a guy who could skate like the wind and one of the few players in the NHL who would actually uh, make his jersey ripple with how fast he was skating, um, Mike Modano. Absolutely. um, Just an unbelievable player who grew up and towards, uh, unfortunately, it took a little bit longer for him to understand what it took to win. But once he did, uh, he, he, he knew what he had to sacrifice and what, what his body went through the year the stars did win the Stanley cup. Um, Once he got that, he was, he was the complete player and he, uh, he, one of the best, I think best U S born players that's ever, um, skated. Oh, Certainly not. And, and Certainly. yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody goes to that argument all the time. Like who's the greatest U S born player. And I'm like, okay, well, look, how about you go down your list and I'll go down my list. And you know, well, my, he, he's no. a Michigan kid. So I'm not quite sure I'm going to give him the same love that I'm going <laughs> to give a guy like Neil Broughton or Mike Ramsey or, you know, some, some of the guys that played on that 1980 team um, or some of the guys that grew up in Minnesota. And I've been lucky through my years uh, oh, of being yeah. in, the, in, in the industry of getting to meet a boatload of players. And what I found in NHL players and hockey players in general, for the most part, um, you know, there's always going to be the knob or two um, in the world, but uh, for the most part, the hockey players are pretty real. And maybe you go up to Wisconsin to near River Falls where uh, Neil's got his horse ranch and you can get him to take you uh, horseback riding and, and talk some puck. 
Absolutely. I'd be down. I'd be down for that for sure. I mean, and, and that's, and that's what I tell people, you know, as I said, hockey players are, are some of the nicest people and some of the greatest athletes you'll ever meet because they are down to earth and, you know, they, they are great guys to work with. And, you know, that just drives you even more to put out a quality sheet because, you know, you want to make it, make it good for them. And, you know, that's the other thing with driving too is, you know, there are certain games and certain things that you remember, uh, you know, about said, Oh, I drove the ice for, you know, for that game. Um, one of the guys we hired last season, he was driving his first game tonight and I brought up, um, the guy that, uh, I drove with, uh, Brian Crawford, who's been down at the arena for years. Um, and is a legend driver. I mean, this guy is very good at driving. And, you know, I was talking with him and I said, you know, I think one of the games that I remember the most is the game that you and I drove when Jamie Ben clinched the Art Ross trophy. And we drove for that game. And so you kind of take pride in certain games like that and say, I drove the machine and I drove, you know, it's guys like Crawford that he has passion just like I do to put out a good quality sheet and remarkable guy um, on and off the ice, but, you know, because he'd been driving for so long and he had a lot of experience with fast ice, uh, before I got down there, you know, he was one who, you know, also kind of taught me, you know, Hey, how, you know, this is how it works. And this is, you know, if you figure out your pattern this way with the spraying, yes, it is going to be different. So, you know, I give a lot of, give a lot of props to him as well with driving down there and just learning. So, but I mean, like I said, we've, we've had guys down there that have been there since day one uh, when the team moved down here in 93 and just asking them questions about, Hey, you know, I see, yeah, you don't drive anymore, but what, what do you think about this? And, you know, when you work at a community rink for so long and then you move up to the big leagues, there's a world of change in how you make ice and what you do and how you do it and what everybody does to make sure that there's a quality sheet out there and so you're just always asking everybody that's down there hey what do you do and how did you do it and what do you think about this so um we are a classy bunch down there so well it's interesting you talk about neil broughton being one of your faves and i was lucky enough to get to see him play not only high school hockey um, for the roseau rams but to see him play uh at the university of minnesota and then with the North Stars. And I am going to go out on a limb, and I know there's been a lot of great players in the NHL, but his hand-eye coordination, as well as his vision of the ice, uh, I think was only surpassed by Gretzky. And I I got to see him play a lot of games, and the guy is very talented and was happy to see him finally win a cup. I think he won a cup with Jersey, uh, yeah, I don't know I if that came at the expense of the stars or not, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cause like he, when he was down here in Dallas, yeah, he went down here very long and then, yeah, I mean, he got traded, um, and a great hockey family. Like he can't, he, when he played up at Roseau, it was him and his brothers, uh, Paul and Aaron, and also mm-hmm. Butsy Erickson, uh, and they formed one of the greatest high school, uh, teams that uh, they they didn't win unfortunately, but they right. they they did beat uh, Mike Ramsey's team in the consolation round uh, when they they lost in the first round in '78 was when 
Roosevelt was in the state high school hockey tournament. But mm-hmm. want to want to get on to, as we're getting towards the end of this. I want to get on to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, uh, which is food. And, and oh. if you saw my rotundness, you would uh, understand why. Uh, my my first question for you is going to be White Castle, yay or nay? I've never had White Castle, so oh, couldn't give you, you a yay or nay on that one. You are we missing have, out on a gourmet no, you burger. Know, we have White Castle up there. We have Waterburger down here, so there's nothing yeah. like going through Waterburger and getting an old classic cheeseburger. Uh, I've I've had those, and uh, <laughs> you know, you, you got to have the full experience uh, bar rush after closing a bar. Uh, in downtown Minneapolis area of going in and seeing the clientele in a White Castle to give you the full full flavor of it all. So you get up, uh, Michigan, I believe, has some, or Chicago. Yep, they do. You tra- travel around. You should really, really have that. But save it up uh, after you've had a couple and maybe want to prevent that hangover because it's a good cure <laughs> or prevention for the hangover. Yes. What is your favorite food uh, being down in Texas? Might it be barbecue or do you have a different favorite? Oh, Mexican. You got to go Mexican and you got to go tacos. That is, that is the ultimate street tacos. And that's, where, that's, where, where's your go-to? Oh man, there are a lot of places to get some good tacos around here. There are a bunch of them are just little hole in the wall joints to, to get tacos, but, um, I don't have one particular place. You know, I love El Phoenix. El Phoenix has been a long time establishment down here in Dallas. So, I love El Phoenix Mexican food. It's it's fast service, but it's great food. So um, usually, if I'm craving Mexican, I'm going there. So always just to El Paso, and I've joked about it that uh, I like the town so much that I would consider moving there um, because I could root for maybe the Arizona Cardinals or I could root for the Houston Texans, um, anybody but that team with the star on the helmet. Uh, American team. They, <laughs> America's that, team. That, alleged, alleged. <laughs> Not in writing. I mean, it's even we had our own video and everything. It's an America's team. Yeah, but that's only because Jerry Jones says it's that way. That doesn't mean it necessarily America's team. I think the Raiders might uh, might argue with you about that, or or a few other teams that are out Patriots there. Patriots argue with us all the time about that. There you go. I, I went to a place called Ambar, and it has a two-story storage area for tequila uh, with shots as much as $5,000 a shot that I was told, which I didn't sample because I didn't want to put uh, our business manager into cardiac arrest when I turn in <laughs> when I turn in that expense report. Um, but they had some great carnitas tacos there, and I went to a couple other, Lucky Cafe, I think it was, and L&J Cafe down there, and the food was spectacular. So if you ever find the opportunity to get over to El Paso, I would highly recommend any of those places. Absolutely. Uh, do you get to travel much at all, um, either in personal life or in any of your job opportunities? Really, really nothing work-related. I mean, I, I do construction full-time, so I'm pretty much here locally um, when I do work. And, you know, if I travel – you know, it's just, it's just for fun. And it's, you know, uh, you know, one of my favorite places to go to, I love Las Vegas. I I don't know what it is about the town, what it is about the city. I just love going. Um, I, you know, I'm, it's It's, just, it's it's great. It's just a fun place to go. I mean, whether you gamble or you don't gamble, there's something for, 
you to do there, whether you hang out at the hotel, at the pool, or you go see a show. It's just a fun, fun town. Um, so I'm actually going in December uh, to go see my first Stars Road game uh, versus the Knights in December. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's going to be real fun. Um, well, to go see. Strong, strongly recommend to you the Craft Steakhouse at the MGM. They've got uh, incredible monkey bread with uh, um, homemade ice cream as a dessert, so save room for that. But uh, some of the best steaks I've ever had in my life have been at that restaurant. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're. I'm actually – I booked a reservation for uh, Hell's Kitchen there So because I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan. So I was like, got to go to Hell's Kitchen while I'm out there. So There you go. Best meal you've ever had. Best meal is going to be a good T-bone steak with mashed potatoes and some zucchini. It's the best meal I could ever have. Well, thank God you didn't say Brussels sprouts. Zucchini is <laughs> bordering on that, but keep those nasty little balls of cabbage away. No Brussels sprouts for me. No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a steak guy, hand over fist, of whether it's you know a venison steak or a beef steak. I love steak. There you go. Well, Cole, I want to thank you very much for your time today and sharing with us and our audience uh, about your experiences at the uh, American Airlines Center. And I'm not going to hold it against you that uh, you're a Cowboys fan. There are quite quite a few people that are out there that are suffering of the same disease. And hopefully some, some someday it'll be cured. But uh, uh, in my lifetime, I'd like to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl. And maybe Mr. Jones will be so kind as to trade a few talented players and many draft picks to the Vikings so that uh, we well, can have that opportunity. You'll have, the, you'll have the option to pick up the linebacker we just released today. So maybe y'all can do that. Well, if he's not good enough for Dallas, I'm sure he's good enough for the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> no, this but, has been an honor and a privilege that, that you guys uh, chose me to, to do an interview and hopefully spread my passion for doing this along with, you know, to other people out there and, well, you keep you keep spreading that out, and we'll keep spreading the word about you, and uh, hopefully um, we'll get more people that are as passionate about their job and making ice as you are. No, that'd be great. We want to thank everyone for listening in to another episode of Ask the Zamboni Experts podcast. Have a question for one of our experts or an idea for a future episode, please email your questions or request to info at Zamboni.com. For more information and additional podcast episodes, please visit Zamboni.com forward slash podcast or search Ask the Zamboni Experts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. This is Doug Peters wishing you an ice day. <laughs>